Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be in the book of Malachi, chapter 1, verses 6 through 14, through chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. The title of this sermon is, The Sad State of Sloppy worship. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. And why do people attend? They love having their ears tickled. But you see that it says there that they, they, they lit the incense and the incense is supposed to be pure but the incense is being lit to do what? To draw smoke into the room so nobody can see what they're doing. But God knows what you're doing. He knows everything going on in that heart. And so we have to remember, like for us, is to understand that our lives are to be a sacrifice, a holy sacrifice to God. And, and, and it's an offering to God. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, uh, to God, which is your spiritual worship. That's how you worship God. That's how you worship God. In verse 12 it says, But you profane it, and that you say the table of the Lord is defiled, and its, fruit is, uh, is, its food is contemptible. You also say, Oh, what weariness! And you sneer at it, says the Lord of hosts. The word weariness means that there is toil and hardship. So the Levitical priests are like, Man, this is work. If you're serving God and His work, you need to step away from what you're doing. You're serving with the wrong heart. You're, you're empowered with the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, it's going to be hard, but it should never be work. It should never be like man does. You're doing things unto God. You're serving. You're, you're worshiping God through your, your service. And they're like, it's, it's weariness, it's toil, it's work, but then you get this, and every parent in here will get this. And they sneer at it. What does that mean? Ever tell a child to go do something, then they go... That's sneering. Do you know what that actually means in the Hebrew? To give up or lose life. The little Levitical priests were going, God, you know, come on. What are we doing? And that's how they treated their worship to God. It, it, it's, we, we are being given something that I mean, we have the whole story. We've been given the whole story. We have been empowered with the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of, of God and His righteousness, and all things shall be added to you. 
We need to have, and I can tell you where, where most people struggle with that sloppy worship, and when it becomes worthless is they, they neglect the Word of God. They don't spend time in God's Word. And I told y'all, like, I'm telling you right now, because AI is trying to rewrite the Bible, and you need to have a physical Bible. I told y'all that. You need one of these. But I also said very simply, too, that if you can't read, because some people, man, they have a hard time. Like, I had a hard time. I have to read it and listen to it to absorb it. Listen to it then. Start a book, finish a book. And it's not about trying to go, well, I went through the whole book of John in one day. What did you retain? What was your application? What did you observe? What did you interpret? I would rather you do a few verses at a time or a chapter at a time so that way you can actually apply a truth in your life. But I can tell you straight up that if you, the moment that you start getting away from God's Word, that's when the drift begins. That's when you start falling into these behaviors. That's what happened with the Levitical priests. They didn't know God's Word and that was their responsibility. It's important for us to have an understanding. That's why... For Calvary Chapel, we teach precept upon precept, verse by verse. We don't get to skip like when he tells you, hey, we're going to put dung in your face. We don't skip it. If it's there in the text, we got to go over it. He says in verse 14, But cursed be the deceiver who has in his flock a male and take a vow, uh, but sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is to be feared among the nations. Psalm 42 uh, 47 verse 2 says, For the Lord Most High is, is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. And we have to remember that as we are followers of Christ, we are to get rid of our self-conceit and our narcissistic behavior and our arrogance. All that stuff has to be put to death. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, it says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners, as pilgrims, like this ain't your home. This, whole, this is not where you belong. Abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, that, you, that uh, they may be your good works, which observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So they would observe it, and they would see that you glorify God. Do you understand, like, I've told y'all this a million times, and I'll keep saying this, and I'll keep saying this, and I'll keep saying this. A church that stays within the walls of the church is a dead church. All you're doing is serving Christians. God has called you and commanded you to go out and share the gospel and make disciples. What you're supposed to do inside the church is make disciples. But that also happens outside the church. You got to get outside the walls of the church. You have to be, you can only glorify because if you're just all in the same room and you're all Christians, you're just light. You're not shining in any darkness. Glorify God. That's why, you know, when we, we talk about the lights going out in America, we're not glorifying God. We have Christians that have given themselves over to things that go against the commandments of God because it's that hippie Jesus. Just love. I love you enough to speak truth into your life. Now, what you do with that truth, that's on you. But I'm not going to sit there and have you flaunt your sin in front of me without telling you I love you, but this is what God's Word says. In Hebrews 13, 15, it says, Therefore, by Him let, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, 
that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. And then finally we see sloppy worship will be rebuked by God. In Malachi chapter 2, verses 1-9, through 9, it says, And now, O priest, this command is for you. He's like, y'all won't read it, so I'm going to tell you. Y'all won't obey it, so I'm going to give it to you directly. If you will not listen, if you will not take, a, take it to heart and give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them, because you do not lay it to heart. He comes straight out, and he tells them, look, your, your, your offense needs to be taken seriously. Because you're, you're in the office of Levitical priests. You're the ones who are supposed to teach them what is unclean and clean, what is holy and not holy, and you're not doing it. And you go, but God curses? Well, we live in the age of grace. But I believe if you continue your sin, you can create a generational curse for your family. I can tell you the petites were on one. We were, man, you put alcohol in front of a petite, Lord help you. There's an alcoholic born or a drug addict. And it went on from generation to generation. Gamblers, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, sex addiction. And we watched grandma and grandma, uh, my grandmother and my grandfather never go to church, never talk about God. Generationally cursed because they never chose to follow Jesus. They never talked about bringing up somebody in the house to know Jesus. You can continue on in your sin, but it affects the, the next generation. It's, it's understanding like that our, our sin has an effect. It impacts so many others that we don't even see. You think you're getting away with it. You think, oh, I'm allowed to be angry. You go home and close doors and you're throwing stuff and knocking stuff over and you can do whatever you want. But I'm a Christian. You need to check your heart. Because God's going to check it for you. He will. I can tell you for 30, 39 years, I, I walked a life thinking, I think I know God. I like the hippie Jesus. The one I could rub like a genie. I need something. Lord, get me out of this. My wife threw me out the house. Get me back in the house. I ran the streets for 39 years. I was not a good father. Verbally abusive. Struggled with the addiction to pornography. From, from a little kid, because it was in our house. My, my, my stepfather was a hippie and a drug addict. And he thought the best thing to do is to put, and I'm not trying to be too, but to put penthouse centerfolds on my, let my brothers have my as wallpaper on their walls. Can you imagine a seven-year-old walking in that room? And I felt like I can't be in here. I didn't know God, but I knew that wasn't right. But then God got a hold of me. Marriage was done. My wife was done. 22 years of marriage, she was like, I'm out. And she left me with all five kids. And thank God she did, because if she wouldn't have, I would have been one of those petites that would have ran out and would have been gone. And I started going to church, because she went to church. I thought I could smooth things over. You know how guys do. If she goes to church, maybe I'd show up to church a few weeks. And it was. Everything was good through Christmas. January 3rd, we got into a big fight. She left again. But that next week, I decided I needed to go to church. Because I, I had been going to church since Thanksgiving. It, the Word of God was just washing over me. It was convicting me that I needed to change. See, I take this very seriously as a follower of Christ. I want to walk with God. Now, do I do it perfectly? No. 
Praise God for His grace. But man, I'll tell you what, you better repent. You better turn back to Him. You get upset, you do the one-finger salute on, the, on 1604, you better, you better ask for forgiveness. Right? And God is trying to work on you. Those things still got to go. But I gave my life to Christ on January 11th of 2009 after watching a goofy movie called Fireproof with Kirk Cameron. And I would highly suggest that if anybody's in here struggling in their marriage, and I realized I needed Jesus, I gave my heart to Christ that day, and I never looked back. Because I knew what the world had to offer me, and that's what he's trying to get at with you, is like, it's not just the, pe the Levitical priests, but it's the people. The people know that they can get away with bringing these lame, stolen animals. Hey, the priests are just letting it go. And so you go along with it. But he tells them he's going to curse them. He's going to dry up their supplies and their blessings. And he tells them that, that, you know, that I have already cursed them because you do not lay it to heart. And it's God that knows the heart. Luke 16, 15. And he said to them, you are, also, you are those who justify yourself before men, but God knows your heart for what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. God knows the heart. It's God. It's like, even if you think about it, there's corruption even in the time of Jesus. The, the, you know, we had Levitical priests during the time of, uh, in the Old Testament, but we had the Pharisees with Jesus, and they were just as corrupt. They didn't learn. And so really, realistically, as we look at this, like God knows the heart, and God judges those in leadership differently. Like, I am going to be judged differently than you. And I understand that, so I take what I do very seriously. So if I get to a piece of text where I say, wait a minute, uh, I'm supposed to teach you that, yeah, God does rebuke, then I'm going to share that with you. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15. It says, see, I have set before you today life and good. This is a great verse if you're struggling in your faith today. I have set, set today life and good, death and evil. In that I command you today to love the Lord, your God, to walk in His ways and to keep His commandments, His statutes, His judgments, that you may live and, and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land you go to possess, but if you draw, your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I, I announce to you today that you shall, you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land you cross over the, over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you. And I have set before you, and this is very important. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And then what does God say? Therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live. What a beautiful piece of Scripture. Do you want to continue to, to run on the beach and say, you know what, I, know, I see the signs. I read it in Scripture today. I got the warnings. The Holy Spirit's prompted me, but I'm going to go swimming anyway, even though there's a shark out there ready to eat me or a lion ready to devour me, to kill, still, and, uh, kill, still, and destroy me. And he says in verse 3, Behold, I rebuke your offspring and spread dung on your faces, dung to your offerings, and you shall be taken away with it. So dung in the Hebrew is actually fecal matter. 
just let that sit there for a second. Like, how many of y'all been out to the, uh, we were out at the, we're, you know, the building that we're, we're looking at moving into, and hopefully by March, uh, <laughs> and so we were out there doing the measurements and checking the septic and doing all the stuff we had to do, and there's cows in the back, pat, in the, in the back part of the, the property, and those cow patties are steaming, and, and they're like this big. They're not like tiny. Um, and so the only thing I could think about when I read this is I got to teach this this week. And can you imagine somebody just walking up and scooping it and just rubbing it in your face? That's how upset he is. That's the point he's trying to get across to them. A.W. Tozer said this, Save me from curse of compromise, of imitation, of professionalism. Save me from the error of judging a church by its size, its popularity of the amount of its yearly offering, Help me to remember that I am a pastor and not a promoter, not a religious manager. See, we honor God in our walks by walking in truth. And we pay close attention to the things that we're being taught, that we learn from them, and we don't make the same mistakes. In verse 4, it says, So shall you know that I have sent this command to you, that my covenant with Levi may stand, says the Lord of hosts. And so again, the Levites are uh, the sons of Israel, the tribe, one of the tribes of Israel, where Moses, Aaron being the first. But he's like, hey, uh, that's a shakeup to me, like uh, to Levitical priests, that should wake them up. But remember, he's saying, hey, return to me. That's what, he, that's what the whole book is about. I have loved you. Return to me. Verse 5, my covenant with him was one of life and peace, and I gave them to him. It was a covenant of fear, and, 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 and he feared me. And he stood in awe of my name. True instructions was in his mouth, and no wrong was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and of righteousness, and he turned from my iniquity. For the lips of a priest should guard knowledge, and people should seek instruction from his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. He's simply telling them, like, look, you're to be somebody as a royal priesthood, somebody who walks in life, the life of Christ, and peace, the peace of Christ in your life, but that you have a fear and a reverence of God and that people would actually go to you because of your uprighteousness. And, and they would turn because you're glorifying God, they would turn from their iniquity. Now, do you see the problem with America? Are you glorifying God? Because if, if, if the church is doing what it's called to do, as followers of Christ are doing what they're called to do, people should be turning from their iniquity. Because you got something that the world doesn't have. There's a life, there's a peace in you, there's a righteousness in you, a fear of God that I, I just don't understand. And I want what you have. And we got a couple of people here from Southwest High School. I know Steve, Michael. We have the new family here from Southwest. How many people came up to you and talked to you about Christ during your time in high school? How many people that walked in that high school that glorified God? Can I tell you, out of the four years in Alabama, not one person ever talked to me about Jesus Christ. I went to four different schools in four states, and not one person talked to me about Jesus Christ. We are not sharing the gospel. We are not glorifying God, and we're failing the mission that God has called us to be on. 
That's why as a church, we go do the school events. They take a lot out of us. I love doing them. Why? The gospel's going out. And you go, why are you doing them in Lytle High School? You're here in Divine. We've done them in Divine. My thing is, is we've had all the pastors and youth pastors from Lytle High School. It wasn't to grow this church. It was to grow the kingdom of God. Stop thinking that it's your job to grow the church that you attend. It's your job to grow the kingdom of God. Let that wrap around your head a little bit. See what we've done? We've got to, got to, have we gotten it wrong? Well, we're the biggest church in town. No, we're not. I don't care. I don't care who, I know who the biggest church is in town. I don't care. I don't care if they attend this one or that one as long as they teach Jesus Christ that he's the only way, he's the truth and life. I know the men in this that, that teach at these churches. They're going to teach them correctly. At least the ones that I would tell them to go to. If you're not happy here, I'll point you to a church. I want you to stay in your relationship with Christ. Verse 8, But you have turned aside from the way. You have caused many to stumble by your instructions. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. I'm looking at y'all and y'all are like, please, Lord, stop. It's okay. I, trust me, I, went, I have to learn this stuff the week of. And I was getting hit. I was like, man, there are things I need to change in my life. I don't want to cause somebody to stumble. How many people have you caused to stumble because you're not walking, like you're not fully walking with Christ? But you tell people, oh, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. So what's your application? How's your offering? How's your sacrifice and your worship to God? Your time, your talent, your treasure individually. Then your marriage. Then your family. Do you see that I didn't put the church right after your individual walk? The church... Look, if your family and your marriage is not right, it's going to bleed into the church. I would rather you spend the time serving in your marriage and your family than in this church. And what I mean by that, because when we have healthy marriages and healthy families, we have a healthy church. And we also have healthy community. Does it bring glory to God? Does it bring glory to God? The other thing we see is that God... To, Description of the Levitical priests was they were to follow him, to worship him, to teach people what was holy and unholy, to teach them what was clean and unclean, to know his word and to instruct others with the word of God. If you're a follower of Christ, guess what? You're a priest, a royal priesthood. You need to be able to instruct people with the word of God. And you can't do that if you don't have it written on your heart. They don't need to hear the you know, motivational speaking. They need to hear the Word of God. That's what people need. So, as a royal priesthood, is your life one of peace? Do you have the peace of Christ in your life? Do you, do you walk in uprighteousness, in a reverence and fear of God, knowing that what you're doing is serving God? Are you turning people from iniquity? Are you sharing the gospel? When's the last time you shared the gospel? Those are the things to think about. And then finally, I don't need any Michael David Cohens. Meaning, I don't need you out on the beach when there's sharks in the water running towards sin. Even though the signs have been there. The Holy, see, you, you've been given the Holy Spirit. You know when you're not supposed to... Uh, uh, God, like, hey, 
don't do that right for me that's how it is sometimes like hey what does the word of god say shouldn't respond that way need to respond in love you have the holy spirit you're empowered by the holy spirit you have the word of god you can pray you can seek god keep keep seeking keep asking keep knocking but start acting like followers of christ see the thing that i get from this is when i see the sneer I get that sometimes. Have you read the Word of God? <sighs> Every time you do that, it's it's like the 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 word in Hebrew means to a, a loss of life. You're losing a little bit of life that you're giving up as you sneer. Spend time with God. If I can encourage y'all with anything from today, like if you if you go, man, Mike, I I have I've neglected it. Uh, what did, what did we say at the very beginning? I have loved you. I have loved you. Just return. Just start back tomorrow. You go, man, I was in the one-year Bible. I made it to March. It's okay. Start back. Start back tomorrow with tomorrow's day. Don't quit. Keep following Christ. Deny self. Pick up your cross and follow Him. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 